and welcome to another episode of Band Director Bootcamp, the podcast with productivity and wellness tips for busy band directors. I'm your host, Leslie Moffat, and I'm really grateful to be sharing this platform with you. As busy, as busy band directors, we know that you don't have lots of time to watch lengthy professional developer development webinars. So we share 20 minute tidbits with takeaways you can use to support you in this awesome profession in a healthy way. And today I bring somebody that's going to bring you a productivity tip that's going to lighten your load a little bit. And um, when she told me about it, I was like, oh, that's genius. Yeah, <laughs> I'm stealing it. It's happening in my classroom next week. Uh, so, so don't go anywhere because you're going to want to hear this. Um, Bridget is a sixth grade beginning band director in North Dakota, which she's been doing that for eight years. But she's going to give us a little bit more of her background because she comes with a big depth of experience. And so you'll probably resonate with some of that. So you'll want to stick around and hear what she's done to make it better. So Bridget Steppen, welcome to Band Director Bootcamp. Tell us a little bit about you. Um, okay. Oh my gosh. Uh, where do I start? Um, so I, um, I'm originally from Montana. I'm a 406 girl through and through. Um, I grew up on a ranch. I, um, uh, kind of got introduced through music uh, as a competition with my sister to make sure that I was better at her than something she was doing. Um, she quit the clarinet and I was like, that's what I'm going to do and I'll be better than her. And so now I've been playing clarinet for a really long time. <laughs> um, I had actually a very interesting background with music. Um, I had a different band director from the time I was in sixth grade to my senior year. I had nine band directors in in that space of time and one year we had three um they were all subs um it was it was not the best experience you would hope for i came from a small class b school um my class was the largest graduating class to come through in like 50 years or something like that we had 58 kids um so if you come from a large school don't make fun of us <laughs> um uh, my mom noticed that i was really had this knack for music. And so uh, I ended up taking clarinet lessons, loved it, um, went to my first music camp, loved that, and then ended up becoming a counselor there. That was kind of my first teaching experience, really. And then I got my first job in this really tiny rural school. Um, there were 72 kids in the whole school, not including preschool. So I taught K-12, um, general music, junior high choir, high school choir, 7 through 12 band, a junior senior guitar class, um, and then um, a multitude of other stuff. I had around eight concerts a year. Plus, there was a junior high festival that we did and high school festival for both band and choir, and then state festival. So there was a lot involved in that. Um, so I did that for two years, um, kind of making my way kind of through my first couple years. And then um, I ended up in North Dakota with my husband um, teaching at a um, <clears throat> a little bit larger school, um, still small. Um, there were probably about 29, 40 kids around there per graduating class. Um, I did that for three years um, and I taught a multitude of things. I started out with three through 12 music and then it was four through 12, and then it was five through 12 my last year. And then um, another director in a community nearby uh, noticed that I was trying to do some really good things in this rural community and asked me to join this very large class A school, which terrified me. Um, they said, we don't have a position yet, but you can teach elementary music for a year and then we need another band director. Great, 
did K1 music for years, the best thing in my whole life. And um, and then I became the head sixth grade band, beginning band director. And yeah, that's what I've been doing since then. So I've been teaching for 13 years, uh, just band. Um, I did do Irish dance for a very long time. And I actually started an Irish dance school in college. And I taught that for five years. So I guess I've been teaching for 18 years, but music, I've been teaching 13 I'm exhausted. All the preps for each of those different things. So much, such a big range you've done. (laughs) So, so I'm going to ask you like, what was your problem? You know, during all, during this time when you had a lot going on and trying to meet the needs of everybody, it can be pretty intense. I can imagine you get pretty focused and like, let's get down to business because you got to be pretty organized with that. So what was going on with you and how did you come up with this cool thing that you shared with me today? Um, so, uh, Kind of, um, and I'll say why I went into teaching was into music specifically, was because I wanted to be the band director I didn't have. I didn't want to just leave kids high and dry all the time. And um, because that was my experience. Um, and my beginning band director was phenomenal. And I thought that's kind of what I want to do. Um, so my biggest problem when I got into the K through 12 with this small school was I had a lot of combined classes. So I had like seven through 12 band and there was no way I was going to get junior high band on its own. Cause that would have been like eight kids. So combined it is we'll do, do what we can with it. And then um, my, my elementary classes were also combined. It started out K2, which was, oh my gosh, that was, that was like hurting cats on catnip 24 seven. And then <laughs> it was three, four, and then five, six, and not only five, six general music was together, but I had beginning band five, six band as well together. So I had beginning band with the second year kids. And that was just like, how do I even handle this? Wow. And um, so that was my biggest problem was how do I teach all these sections? So the first thing I did was I kind of stood up for myself and for the kids. And I said, K2 cannot be together. Can we have K1? Like two through four, I can maybe deal with. K2, I can't deal with. So I stuck up for myself my first year and they said, um, sure, we can make that happen. And so that happened. And then um, when I was teaching fifth and sixth grade band, I didn't know how to quite do that. And one of the kids came in one day and said, um, hey, um, we're doing fun Friday in our other classes. What are we doing for fun Friday today? And I was like, well, I guess I didn't have anything planned, but here's a bottle of sanitizer for your instruments, teach each other how to play your instruments. And that off the fly handle kind of set it off for me. And I saw kids trying to explain how to play their instruments. And, and you know, I have one kid, Mrs. Set, or well, I was Miss Davis at the time. Miss Davis, how do you, how do you teach somebody how to buzz? They can't buzz. And I was like, okay, well, how would you teach that? I don't know. I just do it. Well, welcome to my world. <laughs> so try to teach these kids, you know, Kind of our problems as band directors was how do you teach that and then how do you keep that stuff going not only through their beginning years but through high school so we did that every friday and their growth on their own instrument spread so much because then they had video google at their fingertips which i did not have at my fingertips <laughs> in school um and um which now i'm kind of aging myself a little bit but <laughs> I think we're all kind of there sometimes. (laughs) Um, So they're looking at all these videos, like how to play the trumpet or stuff like that. And I just kind of forced them to be resourceful. And that kind of made me think, 
why weren't we taught that in college? Like we were taught kind of how to play the instruments good enough to be at their level and then stay one step ahead of them. Um, but we weren't really taught like the language and the vernacular to keep them going and how to make it fun and not so you do this, you do this, you do this. They're 11 and 12 years old. They don't, they don't care. <laughs> like they want to be fun. So that was my problem. And the way I solved it was I just decided to be who I needed to be when I was that age and just be fun and be a kid again. And that has also kind of made life a little less stressful too. So and I, I think pedagogically, cause you know, when you have to explain something to someone else, you have to understand it well enough to do that, which forces yeah. your kids. And you said, like you said, it forced them to find the resources it might be a different resources this kid needs than that kid. And so I'm just fascinated by how that is. And I, that, yeah. like I said, this is going to happen in my classroom. In fact, after yeah. we have our last concert for the last two weeks of school. Well, and another thing I did too, to kind of show the kids, like, it's okay to make mistakes. Cause, um, like that age of kids, I think all kids too, even as adults, we're afraid to make mistakes publicly, especially when it's around our friends. Right. And when you're an 11, 12 year old and have no prefrontal cortex for to be able to make those decisions, you don't want to do anything wrong. And so what I did for the kids was I was like, hey, guys, um, so this this is how this has kind of evolved from teaching the kids to. All right. Tell me what instrument I'm playing this week. And that's how I learned myself how to play all of my instruments and they would pick the instruments for me that I had to play with them for the rest of the week. And the deal was, so the high schoolers kind of caught on to this, the seven and 12 kids. And they're like, how come you don't, how come you don't play those other instruments with us? Like my little brother is in class. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Do you want me to? Well, yeah. Okay. So, um, I got made fun of a lot for my terrible tuba playing and that's Okay. <laughs> But that's how I basically learned how to be better at those instruments than what I was just given in a nine week course. And that's because you modeled vulnerability because students need to be vulnerable to make growth. And you modeled that most important step. You didn't model. Here's what perfection looks like, because that's scary as hell. Oh, yeah. So scary. I can't do that. So why should I try? But uh, she she messed up. I could do that. Right. I can get yeah. sucky too. I can miss notes. So if she, but I could also get it right. Maybe. Oh my gosh. I think that's phenomenal. That vulnerability as an educator to be willing to, to do that and to show your students, um, this is how we grow. Bravo. Yeah. Bravo. I remember my friend, Megan Vinther, she's a colleague of my band, high school band director and a composer and stuff. And she's taught band forever and then found out she was teaching orchestra the following year no orchestra oh, wow. background. So she committed to a day, um, one, one exercise a day. And she put it on video on Facebook and I didn't watch them all every day, but I watched, you could just tell as you'd scroll through each day or over the course of weeks and months, how her, it became easier for her. And she became more fluid and it was just beautiful by those little steps. So this comes back to what you're talking about here and, you know, just trying something, getting it wrong. And that's how we know, oh, that didn't work. So I don't need to try that again. So too many of us as directors, yeah, especially with the high school kids, it's like, uh, we better show perfection because we're trying to get them to play so much better. And that's yeah. a really good reminder. And that's something that that's a culture I've really tried to get rid of in my beginning band classroom, because especially with social media now with kids being exposed to all of that, or, you know, being involved in it, as they see these, you know, people who they think are perfect. And so you hear a lot of that, oh, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. And so I have this big poster in my room and it says, progress always. Perfection doesn't exist. Progress exists. 
And so, and we talk about that all the time in my classroom. And finally, you know, I'll hear a kid. Oh, it wasn't perfect. I'll hear a kid. Progress, not perfection. (laughs) Mission accomplished. Yes. (laughs) Nice. And that's a life lesson. So I have to tell the people listening to this, that we teach way more than just how to play a few notes. We teach some life lessons. So important. Well, um, I was going to ask you a bunch of other questions, but you really, it's flow beautifully. You've actually covered a lot of them now. Um, And in our last couple of minutes here, I do want to ask you, you know, you've taught for a few years, you know, so you're a veteran teacher. You come, you come to the table with lots of variety of experiences. And I want to, I have a vested interest in, in ensuring and seeing that our, our folks that are new band directors, um, have the tools they need to do this work in a more sustainable way. So as my friend Teresa Hoover says, passing the baton, what would you give, what piece of advice would you give to our new band teachers so that they can do this work in a more sustainable way? Welcome band director bootcamp listeners. If you're feeling a bit burnt out and are ready for support and accountability partners in your wellness and productivity, we have an amazing opportunity for you. Join our 90-day virtual bootcamp, a community initiative designed for busy band directors like you who love their job but seek a more sustainable approach. We'll meet weekly, discuss your wellness goals, and develop strategies to help you achieve them. We'll tackle productivity hacks and fine-tuned systems for the upcoming school year. With 35 years of experience, I've got some tricks and tips up my sleeve that I can't wait to share. So as we move into a new season of our lives, if you want to feel empowered and supported by like-minded individuals, this is your chance. Reach out to me at banddirectorbootcamp.com or click on the link in our show notes to schedule a 15-minute call. Let's ensure this is the right fit for you, get you signed up, and embark on this wellness journey together. Because together, we rise. For me, like I said you know, earlier, I had a lot of different band directors. Um, throughout my years of teaching. Sorry. It's okay. He brought me coffee. He loves me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Is you need to be the person that you needed when you were that age, whether that was, you know, psychological, maybe you didn't have a family that was there to support you and your, um, you know, your band room was maybe your home. um, School was your home or whether it was technique or um, whatever it was, you need you need to think back when you were that age with no prefrontal cortex <laughs> and think, what did I need? What, what did I personally need then? Um, and how can I give that to my kids in a loving way? Um, and when I started asking myself those questions, um, my life became a little bit easier for me. It was, I just needed to have fun and I needed to know that I had a a director that cared because I had lots of other core teachers that I absolutely adore to this day that are now retired. Um, and they taught me a lot in music, even though they weren't my music teachers, but also family wise, I needed somebody who would listen to me no matter what was going on. And I needed to know that I was not going to get a reaction. If I did the wrong thing, I needed to know that telling the truth was the right thing to do. That's a really hard thing for kids these days because they want the approval of their friends. And if getting in trouble means a huge reaction from an adult, why tell the truth in the first place if you know you're in trouble? Mm -hmm. And so those are the things that I needed 
as a person. And as a person with ADHD, I needed to learn some organizational skills. <laughs> so my biggest thing as a director, one, never give out original copies ever. <laughs> and because um, I learned that lesson the hard way. Get enough copies so you do copyright and then all your copies with the extra copies. It took me a couple of years to figure out how do I deal with all this paper, put them in a binder, separate them up by instrument. And then when the kid's like, I don't have my music, open the binder. Here you go. <laughs> so there's my organizational tip. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you can never be too organized as a band director. Yeah. Ever. But that is key. <laughs> We have brought a lot to this discussion today, a lot of practical advice, um, a takeaway that some of us can see ourselves using in the classroom. And so I really thank you for that. Um, it's been a pleasure having you here today on Band Director Bootcamp and to all you listeners who are making. Yeah, I just I love the conversations that come naturally. And I hope that all of you who are listening feel like you're just sitting there, you know, in the music school lounge, hanging out and, and sharing ideas. And um, it felt great today to hear from Bridget Stefan. And I want to thank you for being a guest here today. And I thank all of our listeners for making a difference in kids' life through lives through the magic of music education. Yeah. Join us next time for another episode of productivity and wellness tips to make your life a little easier on Band Director Bootcamp. 